Hi everyone, this is Off Meta, a podcast about Star Wars, X-Wing, and anything I really care about. I'm Steven, aka Rathos, your host, and today I'm joined by Min Fun. Uh, he's better known to the community as Funwalk. Uh, Funwalk is a German player, a Discord moderator, community member, and one of my favorite people to talk to because he's got such a really positive energy and attitude. How are you doing today, Funwalk? I'm doing great. I have my beer open because I'm very, very German. I have my German accent ready for everybody to enjoy. Also, my mechanical keyboard is ready to click around if I want to annoy people. So I'm good to go for the podcast. I'm pretty sure that um, mechanical keyboard sounds are like actually really positively received. I mean, it's like a big ASMR thing and like uh, generally soothing sounds. People really like the clickety clacks of mechanicals, isn't it? Like, like I don't is know. It? Like maybe yeah. I need to, to to type in more during TTS matches. <laughs> yeah. To to soothe the enemy, to, yeah. to make him more complacent. Yeah. What have you been up to lately? Because I mean, obviously. So the thing is, your life is like crazy, right? Because you like work in esports, right? If I remember that correctly. Not really in esports, like more in real, like actual physical sports. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, sorry. For most of the time. I, sorry. So it's a lot of like what we do, like we cover media stuff for big events like Ironmans. It's, I think like one of the most popular ones mm -hmm. and the big marathons in the world, like all the big ones in Berlin, London, New York, Chicago, Tokyo, all that stuff. Mm, yeah. That's what my company is very heavily involved in, which means uh, there's a crap ton of work. Are we like uh, plus 18? <laughs> right, Am I right. allowed to swear? Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, it's fine. A fuck ton of work in the summer, and uh, luckily for me, a little bit of less work in the off season and winter, so I can enjoy acting a bit more. Right. So we from from the high peak to the low peak. So yeah, <laughs> it's been a busy year. So does that mean you've been playing a lot, a little bit more now? Or are you going to start playing a little bit more now? I'm going to start to play a lot more now, and which coincides with the XTC soon, which is very good for me. Right. Are you on the German and... team? No, no, no. They kicked me out. I was on the German team for WTC for the real life stuff. Okay. Uh, which was a lot of great fun, but we didn't do super, super well. So I think the captain decided to kick the weakest link, which is always me. Oh. So in my revenge, I started another Pirates team, which oh. luckily went in for XTC because of the US islands, actually. Without the US Islands, there was no pirates. <laughs> which is I funny see. enough. I see, that's funny. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who's on that team? Who else is on the team? Uh, I think you know, some some unknown names like Isofan. You don't know that guy, right? It's like <laughs> a very small North American player. We got uh, some of the Brits like Liam Baker and Tom Wheel. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, that's yes. Then just people like Funwalk and Louis, the Price Prince of X Wing. Yes, I. Well, I mean, okay, so at Worlds, you and me and Louis were basically, um, were basically like the trouble trio um, at Worlds. Yeah. We're just all getting into all sorts of hijinks. I think that's, uh, I, th I think it's I, just where, that's where our friendship cemented. The, the funny story with, with, with either fan about the age stuff. <laughs> Wait, which, which, which thing? Where either fan, Louis, you and me, like, ask the people how old we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like it's our it's our yeah. semi racism slash yeah. It's like make people uncomfortable. It's not racist to us, but 
it's it's, not it's us because but it's like the implication like, and that's the fun in it um yeah we're yeah, terrible yeah. people always, a little bit it's always <laughs> we're terrible yeah, yeah. and i was like a little bit drunk so it's very fun yes yes <laughs> yes um yeah so that was really fun um but also because like honestly like none of us really look our age to if i'm if i'm being no. No. Real, super real about it maybe something about um being in the hobbyist like being deep in the hobby stuff is just that, like stress just like kind of like doesn't wear on the face as as much i actually think like a lot of x-wing players in general don't don't look their age um mm -hmm. i wonder if that's skincare. <laughs> oh I, it's not even skincare you know how like because it's like i think stress and like and not having avenues to relieve that kind of stuff really really ages people much faster right um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so like you know you don't when you when you have like a hobby like this like it just makes it so that you know you can you can regulate the stress levels much better or at least have a, mm -hmm. a avenue to like de-stress de right um mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you don't even know what the health benefits of x-wing are like um <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. should like work for AMG, right? Like help them like with the advertisement for X Wing now. <laughs> oh look, man! Like I think, I think if they if they wanted me, they 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 know where to find me. But uh, I think that like, well, you know, my opinion is that like any company that needs like good marketing should hire me. But because um, I have I have so many ideas and schemes, but uh, nobody nobody listens to what I have to say because it's not a uh, not that important. <laughs> um, no, I think it's enough. Like I like to listen to you, and sure. everybody listening now, right? Like we have like something for you, maybe from Steven. Sure, sure. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell whether or not this this little experiment will be successful. Um, mm -hmm. I, well, you know, it's it's kind of funny because uh, I think I've said this in the podcast a few times. So anyone who's listening is probably going to be getting a little bit eye rolly here, but mostly I I. Did this podcast you know as an excuse to like hang out and talk to people that i'm interested in talking to and that's why you're here mm -hmm. is because i we don't actually get a lot of time to hang out and talk and now this is like an opportunity where it's like i have you for like several hours potentially and you're locked in so you can't go anywhere um what is it like in germany to play x-wing like I, I always like to ask this especially like in areas um that i'm not familiar with right like mm -hmm. What is the community like there? Because uh, it's just super fascinating to me, like how different communities like operate, and especially, um, especially European, because, like, I think fundamentally the way you guys cultural the cultural um, importance of the hobby hobbyist is like very different than than North American ideals. So, sorry, mm -hmm. just that's a long preamble. Like, I want to hear your thoughts. So playing X-Wing in Germany is, it's, it's, it's kind of hard. Let's start with that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you have to imagine Germany as a country, very small area in comparison to the US, mm -hmm. which means pretty much every single store championship or, or important official tournament, official OP, will be visited by like the best players of the country, like <laughs> because they can travel there easily, mm -hmm. which meant I started back, days, back, back, back in the days at the end of first edition, like at the very first store championship already, there were like uh, nationals winner, system open champions, people like that joining the tournament, right? Mm -hmm. 
And that is like the gauntlet you are getting thrown in if you want to be a competitive player in Germany. And if you kind of have that, <laughs> I think you can you come out pretty, pretty strong and, and adjusted to, to the competitive scene. Mm-hmm. Like the thing in with Europe in general, right? It's like I think a lot of the let's call it X-wing media, right? It's more focused on the North American X-wing scene, like mm-hmm. all the big podcasts and streamers. So you know all the big names there over the seas, right? Mm-hmm. Area the Canadians, Americans. Um, but there are a lot of very good players in Europe who don't travel that much, like who are kind of unknown names in the global X-wing thing. And we have to fight those people all the time for every single tournament, for all the prizing. <laughs> mm. So, um, But don't you think, think that's like changed that a little bit? Gauntlet. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead and finish your thought. Yeah. No, no. Uh, with that kind of gauntlet, like, uh, I think the people who travel internationally, like the names you know like from mm-hmm. Europe, are pretty strong. Like, you know, the German Timo Rabe, everybody knows him, right? Like, he mm-hmm. didn't play the recent X-Wing for a lot of time. I think he started, like, his third or fourth match right before Worlds in the hotel lobby, and he yeah. still managed to go in the top eight, right? Like, he's just like like uh, the the peak of the iceberg, so to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> of what we have to offer. Um, it's changing a little bit, right? Like because because of several federal reasons, most likely because of COVID. What I'm thinking, our communities have grown a bit smaller, but mm-hmm. still, like the competitive players are still around, like still traveling around. Like just recently, uh, there was a super small local. Uh, tournament uh, here in my area, and some guy like drove like four hours to that tournament, and that's quite a lot for us Germans, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't drive like, four hours for a small casual tournament. So yeah, I think it's starting again, right? It was like a big of a COVID break, which yes. was very sad personally for me because right before COVID, I know in my region, X Wing mm-hmm. started to start up again, like quite strongly. Like I think mm-hmm. that like our biggest league in forever in X Wing with like around 30, 40 people joining in the city. Yeah. Uh, all our tournaments were, like sold out. So it looked super, super good, like uh in the southern German part. And then COVID struck and we lost all our new players, which was so so sad, right? Like there was like around a dozen players just starting X Wing in that time. And we were so excited to to show them the ropes, to show them what you can do. And yeah, that was like so sad to, to lose that momentum, right? And nowadays we're just fighting hard to, to gain that back. Yeah. I mean, it's so, um, it's like cannot be understated how big of an impact COVID had on like hobby, yeah. the hobby in, in general, and just like all of our communities, um, which is like also yeah. like why it's super interesting to hear. Like Germany, I mean, some of the, some of the most, some of the most, uh, prolific board games and uh and mm-hmm. kind of systems come out of germany right like uh mm-hmm. euro games like that whole genre is like i'm not saying i'm not saying like it's it's all germany but like it's definitely comes from that kind of like uh cultural mindset right yeah. um and so like i feel like you guys have like an extremely um robust hobby culture right um yeah. I mean, you know, and it's, you know, hobby culture itself is niche, but like even within that, like it's, it's just very, I think it really speaks to the German sensibility, like just that idea in general. This is like very general, generalized because obviously, you know, it's, people are not a monolith, right? But um, I do think that like there is something there that really speaks to German culture and 
Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, like I said, it's really interesting to me to like see like, oh, what does that mean for like X-Wing? Because like, yeah, COVID had a, a huge change on how people view all those games. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do think that like there is something uh, really interesting about like how everyone's perspectives and their habits have changed as a result of being two years isolated right mm-hmm. um, yeah do you feel that do you feel that like what's your what's your thoughts on those things oh man my habits changed so much like i unfortunately get a little bit like a little bit of covid weight <laughs> i'm still working on, on getting my my covid belly reduced a bit like i'm not a big guy right i'm a rather small guy but still like i, I gained a bit of weight because like some people who went like totally into sports and stuff and I mostly went into cooking and, and baking. <laughs> Fair. So there was lots of things to do. Um, so trying to, to get back into a more, more sporty lifestyle. Um, one big thing for, for, at least me, like not exactly for Germany, but for me was like the big TTS wave during COVID, right? Like uh, starting with Scott and Hexide Gaming to, to cast, to do commentary for games, doing a lot of like tournament uh, play and own tournament organizing. That was a big thing, which like I think saved me a bit during COVID, right? Involved in the community, sure. Uh, meeting all the friends from all over the world, yeah. Uh, that was like helping quite a lot, quite a lot. Right. Uh, for Germany in general, like TTS, was, it was a thing, but not that big because, like you said, like Germany with the board game culture, with the game night culture, I think a lot of uh, our even competitive players they prefer the the table playing style, right? The real life. Sure. Well, I, I mean, I don't think anybody prefers TTS over real life X-wing, right? I think everyone. Not very prefer for me personally, but I think yeah. it's a, a good option, uh, especially for for playing against people like from all over the world, right? Like sure. in real life, when do I have the chance to play against you or against our American yeah. friends or Australian right, friends, right, right? right? Like it's almost impossible. So I yeah, quite yeah. enjoy the, that aspect of TTS sure. quite a lot to meet like international friends. But yeah. I, I think and... my point is more that, you know, if you have the choice between the two, right, both are viable, mm-hmm. you would pick on the board play every time, but not yeah, like for... there's lots of situations where on the board play is not feasible or realistic. And TTS is a very, yeah. very viable alternative, yeah. right? And, and I think that opened people's mind. Op- yeah, people's minds opened up to it, like during the pandemic realized, oh, I can just do this and then I can get more games of X-Wing and I can play things I'm not tethered to board game night to to go out and play it or you know coordinating with my friend to go get a game over the over the kitchen table right like yeah the freedom that it gave i think for a lot of people is like really like like perspective changing um Mm -hmm. but but actually that brings me like a little Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. go ahead go ahead like a little point for me about that like for real life x-wing like i enjoy the the game aspect the actual playing Mm -hmm. super 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 much um, what annoys me a little bit is like the preparation you have to do always before tournaments and game nights, like yep. to get your list, to find your yep. models, to find your freaking cards, yep. all that stuff. That annoys me a bit. And uh, I think this yep. is maybe, like, maybe, maybe a little lesson for yeah. for game makers, right? Like, the part which is like the, the most less fun in X-Wing is absolutely finding your, 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 your upgrades in the box of cards, yeah. finding your tokens, getting yeah. your, your backpack ready. For, you know... For, eh? Here's the Maybe problem. This is something here's here's mm-hmm. the problem with it, though, right? So, like, for some people, that is part of the fun, 
is like getting your little stuff together, getting your little pegs and everything, itemizing and and separating and putting it all in the thing, getting finding all the cards and you know feeling them and you know putting them in, finding your promos, you know that that whole that whole process for some people is very very um, cathartic or relaxing and stuff like that. So people some people yeah. really enjoy it. Maybe, yeah, I did, I agree with you that. The, the more you can minimize that, the better the overall play experience because setup is a real problem in X-Wing. Actually, you know, we should talk about this yeah. more. Why is it that... Mm-hmm. So how can we make it so that on the board X-Wing, setup can get like reduced? Because it is actually, right now, if you wanted to prep for a tournament and you wanted to bring you know two or three li- like i don't even bother bringing more than one list when i go to games night now yeah, because yeah, yeah like yeah. you know even if i print out yasby lists like to do it right mm-hmm. there's still the process of like okay finding all the miniatures finding all the base shits finding all the pegs putting them into a container so that they don't like break um organizing sort of that bring them over and even if i do like i still got to get tokens i still got to get um all the extra shield markers like there's just like a lot of steps involved just to become game ready, right? Um, mm-hmm. When I play in a tournament, yeah, you know, I prep the one list. I have everything pre-ready to go. When I'm actually yeah. when yeah. I'm actually playing in the tournament, it's like okay, 15 minutes for setup, I'm good, right? But like swapping lists is extremely hard now, right? Like, how do you feel? Yeah. Like, do you think mm-hmm. there's anything we can do to like speed that process up? Game nights, it's a bit more easy because like for our region, it's just people just uh, print out lists. We don't actually even like search for the cards anymore because it's so sure. tedious and you need so much space nowadays. Yeah. So printing is fine for most people. Yeah. And um, I think like <laughs> I'm like uh, my X-wing stuff is organized, but not super greatly organized, right? Sure. Like I need time to find my stuff a bit. Like I know where my cards are, I know where my like templates, my tokens are. But I still need to find them. Um, maybe there needs to be like some some official promo stuff, which is helping organizing. Like one of the greatest thing I bought, like from Etsy, I believe it was like back in the days, was like a little three printed like plastic cards with the upgrade and pilot logos as a little tab. So I can put all my cards like in a big uh, box and then use the little tab cards just to separate the different upgrades from each other. So if I need an right. iron cannon, I can search for the iron or the cannon tab. Or search yeah. like for for um, uh, the modifications. I can search for the modification tab and find that quickly. And I think this is like something which would be like greatly improving the the <laughs> mm-hmm. the X wing preparation life for people if they have like mm-hmm. a better organizing system. And you know how it is, right? Competitive play, OP. If you yeah. give people official stuff to win, they want that. They use that all yeah. the time. Well, that's super interesting because I remember. Well, so in in 1.0, they used to have, they used to give out these, um, these binders, right? Or I don't know if they gave yeah, them out. Of they have prizes? Them. Yeah. So, so prizes. like they, I think it was they, like regional stuff prizes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So something like that, like something like that obviously doesn't work mm-hmm. for a game like two, 2.0 because there are just so many more upgrade cards and they're also big, right? Yeah. Um, but they're standard yeah. card sizes. So like theoretically, if you wanted to make like a binder to like store up your upgrade cards, or like you know a couple of these mm-hmm. things, I think I think moving away from that prize support was a bad idea because actually I think it's even more valuable now to have some sort of like managed storage solution for you know at least right. like you know right. key upgrades or pilots and stuff like that. Like um, 
looking back, like looking at like my setup right now, right now I have everything in boxes, right? And just because there's so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really like that solution. It's just, and again, it's, mm-hmm. as you say, it's tedious to like go through and find all the upgrades. Yeah. I mean, from a practical perspective, no matter what solution they do, it's not going to make it um, less um, less good. Oh, sorry, better than just you know printing out the the, the pre made list on uh, Infinite Arenas mm-hmm. or Yasby or whatever, right? And just having them, right? But yeah. you know, I, I think of I think of the player that like the casual player who's like the kitchen table player who's not necessarily like dialed in to what's happening in the in the tournament scene, right? Um, God forbid these are people who don't even know who don't even know what uh, like that there is like list builders out there and they're just using the PDFs to to yeah. to create yeah. their stuff right. Like I feel like that this is like a real pain point for new players, right? Is that like mm-hmm. um, you know you want to like build stuff, you want to like get into the, that that part of it, or even you just want to put something together to like you know play your friend, right? And it's just. It's just difficult. It's just difficult. Even, even if we assume like, oh, I'm gonna use the standardized cards, right? And I get forced four or five standardized cards, right? Shield tokens, yeah. charges, yeah. you know, like pay bases, chits, like ship. There's so many fiddly yeah. bits now, uh, in the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the game's so just weird. bigger, right? Like it's not a judgment of the game we have around. It's just like uh, back in the mm-hmm. days, like you said before, like back in the days, I brought like. Always two lists at least, maybe like even three lists to the game yeah. nights. Yeah. Just avant. Nowadays, like I, I don't do it anymore. Like you, it's just too tedious. It's just too much stuff to pack. Yeah. And I think takes you too know much what? time to switch stuff. Like I think mm-hmm. it's the tokens actually. That's really that's the real mm-hmm. problem. So think like because like okay, we already have the upgrade stuff solved, right? Because you can just do printouts for Yasby and whatever. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to bring three yeah. lists, I could just do that. I can print out three lists. And and then and then taking the ships out. The reality is, if you're just playing casual night, you just need to have a base chit for each initiative or multiple initiatives. Like it doesn't have to necessarily match the name. Let's not tournament play. Mm-hmm. All the base chits are the same, right? So in terms of like putting it on the table, like yeah, you just get anything that matches your initiative number and like it has all the the arcs that you need, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I think that the tokens is actually a big problem because like. A lot of, especially right now in current current meta, it's like, you know, torpedoes and upgrades with like recurring charges, and every pilot has like some like you know two charge yeah. like thing, and it's just like I gotta. And then mm-hmm. the problem isn't so much the tokens, like having the tokens is not a big deal, but like assigning the tokens is an extra tedious step, right? It's just like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta like figure out. Okay, who needs a token? Okay, and you get these two force tokens and all these other things. Uh, and some of them have like four or five tokens. Like uh, barrage rockets is four tokens, if I recall correctly. Yes. Five, even I think even five tokens. Potentially honest, five tokens, right? Like it's yeah. a lot yeah. of tokens, right? Um, that's a um, problem. Yeah, man. no, I agree with you. Like I personally think like. We always know the problems, and 90-90% of all X-Wing tournaments is table space, right? It's always not enough table space for everything. And mm-hmm. with the game getting bigger and bigger in volume, it's yeah. a bit more annoying just to play X-Wing yeah. in, in the competitive scene, right? Yeah. Like, And just look at the list we have right now. The, I think the winner for the London Quartz Qualifier was yes. Lando and X-Wing and three resistance my wings yes that's with more time load out of thing that's like how many shields 20 25 shield tokens it's a lot <laughs> of shield tokens it's so many shield tokens 
have so many shield tokens, I believe. Like, I don't know. Like, I have to look at that. Yeah, I can't build that list because I don't have enough shield tokens. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, OMG. And yeah, this is like a bit of like stuff I don't enjoy too much at Exington right now, like the tedious stuff, like you said. Yeah. Um, maybe like a solution. I don't know like what the solution is. Maybe we 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 have to get in a new edition, like more digital health. Like I know like a couple of other tabletop games, they have uh, offloaded a lot of the tedious stuff into like uh, an official app or something like that, where mm -hmm. you can track points, track uh, data, track your list and stuff. Well, like, I, I know I think back in the days I have tried that. The squad builder was not successful, but maybe it's worth another try. I well, don't know. I don't know. So, so, so <laughs> my opinion on this is that like, I, I don't think from a practical perspective, I don't think they're ever going to touch anything digital ever again uh, for mm -hmm. this game, right? Like, mm -hmm. I just don't think it's realistic. Plus, yeah. The problem is this the there's two problems. The first is that the the standard is so high, the expected standard is so mm -hmm. high because we have great community tools already, right? Yeah. yeah. That whatever they do has to be better than the community tools, right? And easier mm -hmm. said than done. Like I know we we joke about, oh, they could just take Yasby and like make the thing, right? Just take it. Yeah, yeah. But I but the practical implications of that is actually not not that easy, right? Because like first of all, there are legal implications. You can't just like take that, even though like it belongs to someone else or IP concerns and whatever. Um, but even if you did, like, let's say you wanted to like, oh, we're just going to take Yasby and do it. Reality mm -hmm. is, is that like, um, it's still, if it was just a Yasby clone, that wouldn't be enough. They would have to do something additional, something add some value add to justify people mm -hmm. using it over their existing builder, right? It has to provide mm -hmm. value. And so like, you're talking about like, oh, like you have to do like way, you have to go way beyond the, the expected like kind of like whatever the standard is um currently to make that happen it's just not it's just not feasible for them to like really jump in there when the people are satisfied with the community tools are happy with the community tools as is right now if i was them i know they can't do this for legal reasons but my my thing would be like well find a way to support your community right like find a way to like set up an agreement there must be some legalese way to do it so that like um third-party tools can become you know kind of like uh you know, semi-promoted or like, you know, supported by AMG, like in terms of like, um, you know, like a part, like a partner, right. Partnered with, you know, yeah. this program to yeah. like do things right. Like yeah. I'm, th I, that would be the solution that I would go for. It's like, well, you know, if you, if you want to do it, recognize the, the, them and then have them be so like, so that you can utilize their tools. Cause it's not, you know, it sounds like from, it could, it could be construed that like me saying this, it's like construed as like, oh, I want to have a stronger relationship with AMG. I mean, I do, but mm -hmm. this is not the reason for this, this argument. The reason for this argument is if you, if the community tools are so helpful, the official channels should be promoting them as ways for to get the game to become more um, useful for the player base. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like that is something that I think is very important. It's like, if, if it's, a, a core part of the ideal experience for an X-Wing player, then they should know that mm -hmm. there are community-built tools that people can access in order to make their lives better, right? Because right now, yeah. it's right now it's like um, there is no list builder because the list builder has been taken off the stores, right? So if you're a new player coming mm -hmm. in for the first time, you have no idea that there's a, you know, unless you have the, the sense to Google it yourself, which let's be real, most people aren't going to do that, right? Like, it's a special I mean, type of how, person. Right? Like how, 
how, how if you know that something like this exists if you're not like a part of the tabletop gaming community? Like, exactly. I think this is a big pain point we have right now for everybody across the world for X-Wing, right? Yeah. Like the new yeah, experience. Yes. Like just, just like before we started the podcast, I was looking at Facebook on the UK X-Wing group. Yeah. And I think somebody was advertising one of the next upcoming store championship thingies. And yes. there was a comment, like the first comment under it was this, oh, this is like my store. Like, um, I just recently bought X-Wing and I would like to join, but how do I do that? Like, how do I build a list? Like, yeah. there's not much information in the box because the core box is outdated. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and they have the, right? like, well, the core box says, like, go on the list builder, uh, like, which is dead. Yeah. That's a dead link, right? And then let's dead? say, yeah. let's say they're like, even like, you know, let's say those are eventually phased out and like, you know, people are only buying the new starter sets, right? Even then, it's like they don't have like oh the official points are here. It's a giant PDF. That's like that's a big non-starter. If someone's coming in and be like, holy sh, how do I how do yeah. I build a list? It's all these numbers and all these upgrades. There's so many, right? Right. Like with it's your just, pen on paper, more or less to yeah. say. Like oh no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's what they do, but like it's just like whoa. Like yeah. so, my mindset when I started playing, right? My mindset was like, okay, someone will have. Like when I saw like the, all of the points of the upgrades, because at one point oh, they were all printed, right? But even then, it was like, even if they were on the mm -hmm. cards, it's still so tedious that I like my instinct was someone's made a builder for this, right? Someone's made an automated version yeah. of website or something like that to do it, and yeah, someone did. Yeah. Like you know, it exists. Yeah, is what I found, right? So mm -hmm. clearly, clearly, like you know, that's like the the obvious solution but a lot of people aren't going to do that they're going to be just like okay well this is how you're supposed to do it especially people in the board game mindset where it's just like yeah like we follow the instructions we follow the instructions as listed in the rule book and we just go for that right right um, <laughs> but yeah this is also like a bit of a hen and egg problem right like yes. what i believe right now it's most likely there's not a lot of money in x-wing which means there is not a lot of of push for the devs maybe to to do um, a new concept, like do a better um, onboarding experience for new players. But without new players, we are also like, having new money coming into the game. You know what I mean? Sure. Like a circle of... But but okay, so so now... here's here's how I feel about that, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm a little colored because like um, you haven't heard it yet, but you know, I did an interview with Bartosh and we were talking about this very issue and like, you know, the reality is that the community has a vested interest in getting more people to play, regardless of what AMG is doing, right? We mm -hmm. ourselves have a vested interest in in making sure there are new players coming through. And, you know, the ideal solution is is that AMG would come up with the with with the pathway to make that happen. But the reality is um like the the ideal solution doesn't matter because the practical solution that we're in is that the community has the ability and has the tools to to improve this experience and we should be mm -hmm. actively yeah. working towards that right like we we shouldn't yeah. be waiting for them for a solution even if it's their like responsibility because we bent we stand to benefit if we do it ourselves right or if we yes. we accelerate the process right and so you know it's a and this is like the classic argument between like what we're what we deserve and what we want, right? And the more mm -hmm. and more time goes on, the less and less I'm concerned with what we deserve, right? What is mm -hmm. supposed to happen, mm -hmm. right? What I'm concerned with is, is like what can we accomplish today, right? Um, yeah. And so, 
so like my focus is like okay like you know what could we do to make the player experience better like you know whether that's creating um so this because this is like really interesting right like the the amg official discord right which is a great mm -hmm. tool for getting everyone in right um mm -hmm. what we need is a way for like in my opinion what would be really good would be to set up like a a website that just basically has all of the relevant links and all the relevant stuff that would help a new player mm -hmm. onboard, right? Um, that then we could share in the Discord, right? Because like AMG has specific rules against, you know, um, yeah, uh, against like you know specific things. Like you can't share Yasby links in there because again, it's a third party app or whatever, right? Um, yeah. I mean, understandable. It's like legal stuff. Like I, not I, I mean, I disagree with that it. definition of it being app because it's like Yasby is not yeah. an app, right? It's a website, <laughs> but. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. let it go. I don't care. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, but what would be really good is to have a website with just like okay, um, here's like you know here's a starter set. Here's all the information that you need to know. Here's like the the current rule set. Here are links to all the the rule references. Here are links to the list builders. Here are the links to like this various things. And it can all be embedded within this like document. But the doc the mm -hmm. page itself doesn't violate any of AMG's sharing rules. Right now. Mm -hmm. A player comes on board a we have one resource one link that we share with every new player this is like i don't know what to do right whether that's on reddit whether that's in facebook group whether it's on discord like how do i get involved in this yeah. community one resource everything goes there it's a it can be a static page that we just update periodically right so we just have to put a lot of effort into it now right then after that great like the rest is like really straightforward right because if we just we mm -hmm. just um we just like we can share the one link. It has right. all the information that's passed forward. Um, then, whenever anyone's asking, we just know to share the link, right? And then they yeah. just get everything that they need, and then they have they have access to it, right? And then, you yeah. know, if AMG likes it, then they can copy it and put it on their own website, right? Make their own version of it without obviously without the list builders and stuff like that, right? But you know, that's the kind of thing that I think we need to do, like if we wanted to solve this problem, right? Is like Part of the problem is like mm -hmm. there's two parts of the problem. First is a decentralized, um, decentralized like community, right? So mm -hmm. it's like so there's no way to funnel people into a way that they can get the information that they need, right? Discord's going to yeah. do a lot yeah. for that, right? But but Discord's effective efficacy isn't going to be seen for another year or so, right? Like the AMG official yeah. Discord, right? Um, and their socials are still fragmented, right? Um, but even then, like mm -hmm. in their socials, right? Like you know, if we have lots of people in the community who are all visiting and all, all looking at those socials, if people are asking questions on the, in, the, in those socials, if we have that, the second part is the information, right? If we have the information, we can share it. We can do all these things, right? Um, sorry, I've been talking for a long time. What, would you, what are thoughts you want to add on that? Like, what do you, what do you got for me? Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree with you. Like, I think this is like uh, one of the problems, uh, of the biggest problems we have with the community, right? Like how to get new people on board. Like, for example, in my, local area like i think we in the last year we gained one single new person to play <laughs> in store championships and stuff yeah it breaks my heart so i think anything we can do to make this easier to to have like resources to point people to more easily mm -hmm. it's a win yeah. for everybody for every single player in an x-wing yeah and in addition to that like uh at last words and after that like mm, a couple of x-wing people community leaders uh, including me we had like a couple of meetings with amg um to talk about stuff like that and 
one of the biggest problems they have right now is like <laughs> they're a, a small studio with like a crap ton of workload, right? Like they, they yeah. got rid of with a lot of X-Wing, Armada, Legion games, and then have their own babies with Marvel and Shatterpoint. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things to juggle, and they are hiring. They are getting new people on board. They are uh, getting new people ready to help. Yeah. But all this stuff means that like there was just like too many hot fires for not many, not much hands to to fight those yeah. fires. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then are aware, right? They are reading Discords. They are reading Facebook. Like I know the marketing manager. Like she is like she knows how the community feels. She knows the hot topics. Yeah. And they are trying. They're really trying hard. Um, it just takes time, especially with an IP like Star Wars. Star Wars, which is controlled by Disney. Yeah. Like nothing can go quickly, right? Like. Yeah. Um, and here, and here's like, the challenge. Um, here's the challenge with that mm-hmm. too, right? Because like, so they are aware of the issues, right? And maybe they're working on mm-hmm. solutions in the background, right? Because they can't just like go out and say something. They need to work on a solution before they pronounce anything to, to the community. They need to yeah. have actionable stuff happening, which means they have to do a bunch of background work before they can start, right? Absolutely. And they're asking the community. So that means that they have to ask the community to be patient, which to 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 be fair, the community has been patient for three years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and asking them to be more patient while actually a reasonable request given the circumstances, I think mm-hmm. is a very hard ask of the community in its current state because um, yeah. they have been waiting. So it's just kind of a tough situation, right? It's like, you know, you've been waiting for such a long time and you're not seeing any results. The natural instinct is to feel like, well, like, you know, I don't believe you, right? But the reality is, is that like, you know, they're working as hard as they can um, and they're trying to get more resources and they're trying to do all these things. But no matter what, all of these things take time. Like if they, let's say they onboarded like 10 people, right? It's six months mm-hmm. to a year of ramp up before those people are eff- eff- in efficacy, right? And yeah, that's how uh, life is, right? <laughs> and that's in an ideal situation, right? That, that doesn't account for things yeah. like moving people around, resources get shifted, you know, people have let go, you know, people quit, like, you know, pro- new projects and things and priorities get shifted around. And like, so you lose all this time and efficiency. You know, this is like me talking as a project manager. It's like, yeah, this is, there ain't no way, right? Ain't no way, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> but and but at the end of the day, players don't see that, right? They only see the front-facing thing, and then it's just like, oh, this is like yeah. really, this is really bad for us to wait another year and a half for any sort of thing after we've been waiting for three years, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's, it's not. It's, it's like one hundred percent. For example, like uh, MG, they just got this year a new OP manager. Like, yes. I already talked uh, with her, and she already had like with a couple of stuff for the gym scene, which was awesome. So. Pressing all the thumbs, it's getting better, hopefully. Like I'm still willing. Like, I'm not like somebody who was like super, super quiet <laughs> in all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. I have like my fair share of like grievance, but I'm still like uh hopeful and, and still willing to give them a bit of time to show yeah. I think they can I've... do, right? I think yeah. they're willing. It's just like it's just like all the, the obstacles in the way made it hard in the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think that that's important, is that like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't think they're acting in bad faith, right? Like, Mm-mm. you know, you can talk about competency, you can talk about you, you can talk about like you know um, resources and all these different different factors, but you know, at the end of the day, if I feel like they're acting in good faith, fu- fundamentally, right, then I I can forgive a lot of stuff, right? Because you know, yeah. it's the classic yeah. thing where it's like people don't like. People don't like um, 
people don't like liars, right? Like mm-hmm. people don't mm-hmm. like it when they li- when when you lie to them, right? You can be yeah. like you can be screwing people out royally and being like and completely like taking away from them, but if you're doing it to their face, they're going to be less angry than if you did a very small thing but you lied to them about it, right? If you yeah, if you you, I agree. T- you put it behind their back, right? Cuz that's just the kind of human nature, right? And that's how kind of how I feel about this too is it's like, you know, they've they they've they've done a lot of things some of the things were very poorly received by the community um some of the things were like you know just basically uh, caused a lot of you know strife within the community right maybe it was undue maybe it was due it's like not for me to say but the reality is is that like everything that they have done in my opinion has been in their eyes trying to move the move the bar forward right and So the if the intent is good, I mean I can't be I I mean I can be upset about the results, but I don't think I can be mad about like their intent and you know how they how they've been moving right. So yes, at the end of the day, like I can give them more more leeway because I feel like you know yeah they're not trying to screw us over. They're just you know struggling right, and you know I have sympathy for that right. I will continue to have sympathy for that. You know, until the until at some point they show, if they show that you know they aren't acting in good faith, then it's a different story, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think that's the case. I think that they are they are acting in good faith, and the people that I've talked to and the things that I've seen, you know, does it move too slow or is it you know the wrong design choice? Like that's a different conversation. I don't necessarily believe those things, but you know, if those are the arguments from people, no matter what those arguments are, I don't think it's a it's a matter of a bad faith argument, right? I think it's just you know other factors that are getting in the way right which just happens that's yeah. life right <laughs> and in addition to that right like a bit more of a hot topic here like uh it was a difficult like couple of years <laughs> for the x-wing community but man yeah. like we we got very very into like some trenches here like fighting our x-wing world war right like you mentioned for example Bartosz recently in your interview that you're interviewing him but Mm-hmm. This is like a sign of hope, right? He was a big, big, uh, not a big fan of, of AMG and of the game. But yes. then he went to Worlds and he's still not a big fan of the game. But at Worlds, people were like nice to him, invited him to to, to drinks. Um, I know like one of our good friends t- uh, talked with him and was like, Bartosz, like you're actually a nice guy if you're not a dick. Like, come on. <laughs> he, he took that too hard, right? Like, and he's like back in X-Men right now. He's organizing tournaments in Poland, organizing XTC. Yes. He's playing in tournaments again. Like, if we can get Bartosz back, right? We can get a lot of people back, actually. If you're just willing to, like, to, to talk with them and to show them, hey, Maybe the game is not like in the state you like it to be, but it's still X-Wing is still a fun game. People are still cool. We can still yes. go to Worlds and have like an amazing time with everybody. Like, let's focus yes. on that, right? Yes. Yeah. Like that is a that is a big point. And we actually talk about that a lot on, on the podcast as well. So those yeah, people will visit the podcast. Like a lot of the American yeah. Star Wars Dragon guys on there, which like uh, on one little part of the trench with like a lot of the European guys on the other part of the trench a bit. And then mm-hmm. that was like a lot of like cheap shots on both sides, me included, like love cheap shots. Like, <laughs> but in the end, I think just like what all we are is just like some nerds uh, showing some X-wing models across the board, and maybe this is less what we are f- should be focusing on, right? In the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great segue into um, my favorite segment of of the of the of the podcast, which is. Uh, 
the ad read. And since you haven't seen very many episodes um, when this was recorded, you probably haven't seen a full episode. You may have not seen the, the, the ad read. Basically, I'm just going to do a bunch mm-hmm, of fake mm-hmm. ads. So here we go. This this ex, this uh this podcast has been brought to you by Germany. Apparently, the gauntlet of hell for X-wing. Go see it today. Um, uh, this podcast has also been brought to you by Tokens. We have too many of them, so please, let's get less of them. Uh, any? Do you have any yourself that you maybe you want to throw in? You want to think on quick on your feet? Spot all the community creators and builders. They're making the game awesome. Link at the Patreons and all the Kickstarters and everything below. <laughs> yeah. No, it actually help you get people out, right? Like I know, for example, for the TTS mod, uh, Flipster. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I don't need your money, but if you have like a bit uh, of, of things in your wallet you want to donate, donate to a good cause, right? Like yes. He's awesome like that. Yes. Um, you also have a Patreon, if I remember correctly. I do have to... a Patreon. It's, a, it's more of a meme. because So the Patreon yeah. is really interesting. Um, the Patreon is really interesting and weird because I don't offer rewards on the Patreon. The Patreon is just there. Um, because like, because Gatsby has always been free and I don't, don't ever want people to think that, you know, it's going to be dependent on me receiving money. It won't be, it will never be. And even this podcast as well. It's like, I'm doing it cause I want to, I don't really care if it gets money or whatever, you know, if it becomes big and successful and it grows beyond its thing, then that's a different story. But as terms of a mm-hmm. things, X-Wing content, in terms of it being a community thing, I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I'm not ambitious about it or am i um uh am i trying to be ambitious about it right i'm not trying to be gold squadron podcast i'm not trying to be fly better i'm not trying to like do all these additional things on top of it right so the patreon reflects that if you want to give me money to show appreciation right in the same way that my paypal link exists right there are avenues to do so do i care if you do you join it no not really um am i going to put continue to put the content out regardless yep 100 percent um, do you, so it's there, there are, there are things, there is one thing that the Patreon does have for this podcast, which is that the video of the podcast will go up. So if you want to see people's faces or whatever, if we have some sort of like discussion, nah. that involves, that, then you can watch it, but it's like the lowest, the lowest, uh, the lowest field is $1, which Patreon actually gave me like a warning saying, Hey, don't set the goal this low. You won't make a lot of money off of this. <laughs> right. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> Maybe I yeah, should have said it at three dollars. You know, I don't care, right? So, no, so, so it's like the lowest feels like dollar, one dollar a month. And so, like, if you really want that content, you can just, you know, do it one, pay the one dollar, view all the videos, and then unsubscribe if you want. Like, you know, but like, yeah. it's not meant to be gated. It's just meant to be like, you know, a way for people to show appreciation if they want to. And I don't really care yeah. if they if they do or not. Right? You know, obviously, I like it. So. The the flip side is is the money that comes in usually is enough because of the long gaps to cover like the X wing ships that come out um, or help supplement my trip to world. So like in a way like it is beneficial because it helps me like be more active in the X wing community or feel you know incentivized to be more active in the X wing community. But it's not like a it's not that's not like the driving force of anything that that I'm doing right. And I think that's true oh, for most people. Right. Like most yep. people, like, you know, if they're getting financial aid or there's some sort of like, you know, support, it's not that it's like something that's like going to they're relying on for their income. Right. 
it's more no, that no, no. like you know it just helps to incentivize them to become more active within the community because you know there's more they they can do with that funds or stuff like that like going to worlds is much more difficult if i don't have supplementation from the the patreon or from the paypal account um yeah absolutely well will does it affect my decision not really but you know it's it's just nice to have right so mm -hmm. yeah it was um, the same for me right like especially in the tts time i was streaming more when i was having my own german podcast yeah like the nations and subscriptions on twitch they were not required like uh to to continue with the work like i did yeah. it on my own but every yeah. little thing like uh, every little gift and uh, especially for podcasts our german fans sent us like bottles of beer to taste <laughs> yeah it <laughs> was right. like uh heartwarming right like yeah, that, yeah. uh didn't keep me going but it was like making my day yeah it was, like making me smile and that was like uh just a nice gesture so um, yeah, if yeah. you have like x-wing content creators or uh people who support the community with builders with tools like why don't you say thank you at least right and well, maybe send a bit of beer or coffee money over that that's fun walk saying and that's not me i don't i don't i don't require it i'm, I'm just i'm just gonna i'm shameless like that <laughs> all right uh um, how, well, how how hot topic do you want to get now like now that we are going to the later half of the podcast well okay let me let me ask you the first question right which is what oh. faction are you most interested in flying now that you're going to get back into it Oh, and I'm a resistance main. I was always a resistance main back in the days. Okay. So I have all the factions nowadays. Like for the longest time, I didn't fly separatists, but I tried them out this year. Yes. So I own a little bit of everything. But if you come back to it, oh, like I'm, I'm the best for resistance and maybe rebels because they fly uh, most often very similar. Uh, sure. And yeah, that's how I'm successful with. Like in the end of the day, like most likely I find something which is working and right now resistance is looking mega strong right like just in the last couple of weeks if you look at the list fortress meta blah 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 yeah. stuff we yeah. see uh resistance winning again and i think people are getting afraid <laughs> i well, know we have well, like resistance server on, on discord and and we are a bit afraid too because that means every time resistance is a little bit strong uh amg or ffg or whoever is gonna nerf them quite hard <laughs> well I don't think so. So here's the thing: like, I don't think that a, that resistance is too strong right now. It's not that resistance mm -hmm. is strong. Resistance is like kind of like, I would say, slightly above average in terms of overall power level, right? But mm -hmm. but the meta, the way that the meta is shaping, resistance has a lot of tools to deal with those problems, so they end up naturally yeah. coming out on top, right? But I don't think they're mm -hmm. the only faction to do so. I think it's just kind of the faction that is come up like so to me there are three main archetypes for for resistance right now right there's mm -hmm. um well sorry for viewers this is going to be a resistance podcast for the rest of the episode because you're looking at two resistance mains sure. um so there's three archetypes there's the x the 3x plus two right which is can be 5x can be like 3x plus a wing plus y-wing it's there's like a or cas like there's a bunch of different variants in there right but it's some version of yeah. the five ship the five ship lifts and three x-wings usually end up being in there in some capacity right so three x plus two yeah. um that's one that's one uh one version the second version which is emerging i don't like i think that this is going to become an archetype but like i don't think it is it is one yet because it's still really early but lando plus munitions right lando mm -hmm. plus munitions i think i think in the current just set, one London, right? What's that? 
Just one day London. Just the London plus Milan's just one London qualifiers. Yeah, just it just that that's right. It just won London. Um, I was like mm-hmm. messing around with my uh, with a variant of it like independently, and I thought like, oh, this is really strong, right? And so it's and I think it's come out as a, as a response to uh the the triple arcs to triple arcs the the Han like Luke stuff, right? There's just a lot of like you just need a lot more firepower and resistance has a tough time providing that like higher firepower um so creating an avenue for this double modded three dice attack to be across four ships plus lando himself right like really mm-hmm. really strong right um uh and in a different in a different config right because it doesn't fly the same way as like uh as 3x plus 2 right there are different things oh. that mm-hmm. the things that are important the 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 munition side of things means that you have more uh, more finicky tooly stuff like you can do more more weird stuff with it um, which can mitigate or act as like a um, a counter meta tool against specific matchups right so there's more flexibility in how it can build out and so there's like a lot, lot of stuff you can do with it and it can it can morph in, and adjust in certain ways right like the build that I was ver- that the version that I was building was three proton torpedoes right the build that won London was you know four ships with like you know conks and and all of them, uh, right? Plus, uh, songs, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the different missile types, like everything. literally yes. all the different missile types, right? So it's like you know, mm-hmm. you know, so there's like lots of different ways you can build it out, which means that there's a lot of flexibility. The core is still this Lando double action economy to like four of your ships potentially up to, right? So yeah. there's a lot of flexibility there, and so like I think that that, that there's a lot going for it. Um, it is a very scary alpha list, right? And it's a true alpha list as opposed to like I think the um i think the 3x plus 2 is more of an efficiency like kind of like um efficiency stuff yeah absolutely yeah, it's more of an efficiency list and where the, this is the lando list is i feel like, very strongly an alpha list it's like if you don't do massive alpha damage in the first like two one or two engagements i think the list falls yeah. apart over time right but that initial engagement is very very scary there's not a scary, lot you right? can do because about it. Y-wings are so tanky. Like, there's not a lot of stuff right now which can delete a Y-wing easily. And yes. even if you lose a Y-wing, like, all the double-modded munitions coming in from the rest of the list is uh, good enough to trade up, right? Like yes. a cheap Y-wing against maybe your Vader or something big. Yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah, take yeah. that trade everything yeah. in time. And what I think about that list is it's a big skill check, right? Like, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you know how to handle, like, Alpha Strike like that, yeah. Uh, you have a fair chance of beating it, but a lot of players kind of don't. Like me, haven't been in a big alpha strike meta in a, quite a long time. Yes. So maybe that's exactly. not like used anymore. If you fly into the killbox and think, ah, oh, that's just low any Y wings, uh, they can't do anything to me. And then, then it comes with the double mod at I5. Like you're yep. in for a bad, bad time. Exactly. I think it list will get maybe weaker with time when people figured it out. But right now, at the beginning of the, the current iteration, right? Like, yeah. I think a lot of people fall for the trap and you get that easy alpha win with them. Yeah. The problem too is that because it's four ships and like mm-hmm. and Lando is the one deciding when the when the, the mods are coming out, you can actually create this like very big fan where it's like yes. very difficult to avoid all of the arcs. Because the third archetype yeah. that I was gonna talk about is like uh, resistance hat resistance have like an aces 
version, like a four ship uh, resistance list, right? Which they have a lot of mm-hmm. like different tools. They have they have Poe Falcon, Poe um, uh, Flyboy. They have they I have Ray. Yeah. They have yeah. like like Neonum and like there's a bunch of like really like high quality ships. This is the the list is basically I'm flying right. I've talked about like four times <laughs> on the podcast, so I'm not going to go into the details um, this podcast, but. We can talk about that offline, but um, <laughs> but like this is an archetype that I think that exists, and um, there are there are a lot of different variants of it. But it's actually effectively it is four ships with at least one of those ships being a seven pointer, right? So mm-hmm. uh, like that is a third archetype of resistance that also does really well, right? And so I think they have these three archetypes in resistance that are like doing really good. I think the I think people were really like down on the on the faction identity. Um, post points because they weren't really sure what to do with mm-hmm. it but I think now that there's a bunch of different things that are popping out it's starting to really f- come into its own which is good because I think this is it's time for the third meta shift right so the first mm-hmm. meta shift was um, well not sorry second meta shift because the first meta is Han the second the first meta shift is Han plus um, triple arc and now we're into mm-hmm. now we've got some resistance stuff coming through a couple of different resistance build uh, and i think there's still other factions there's a lot of interesting stuff coming in the other factions as well i think um there is a, a bunch of there's still untapped potential in first order that hasn't we haven't realized a list that is going to dominate yet and i think empire mm-hmm. as well there's a bunch of variants that are that are bubbling under the surface that are just waiting for an opportunity to pop up right yeah um, sure Especially with the new bombers incoming, which uh, are already like super, super oh, they're already here. Efficient stuff again, or are here? Like, yeah, <laughs> I haven't yeah, seen yeah. them yet, but yeah, I've heard about them. And yes. uh, with all the shenanigans you can do, like the, maybe like uh, things we we well, not maybe like for sure things we see in the future quite a lot more. Yes, we know the Endor pack is coming sooner than later, which they Endor pack's going to be here eventually. That's right. That's right. So this um, is like like we know how they operate, right? More or less nowadays with expansions. There's mm-hmm. a good chance that in the end of pack for rebels and uh, empire, there's very strong stuff in there again, which mm-hmm. we upgrade those factions. Yeah. And so I, I think, I think uh, the end of pack will do like uh, one of your big meta shifts again. Like pretty sure about that. Yeah, I, I think too that like so, um, CIS. I don't have a lot of um, I don't have a lot of resolution on right now. Because I, I, I've, I've been like, you know, I have a friend who's like a very, like, like very big into CIS uh, play, but like, he's been rolling around with um, stuff like, you know, swarm coming back to swarms because I, they, they're potentially good again, you know, things with the, um, the, uh, the donuts, what are they called? Um, so slides up and donuts, shoot. HMP. HMPs. The helicopters. Yeah. Yeah, so those are mm-hmm. there's like some like there's like some sauce in there potentially, um, and then scum actually like there's been a lot of like development recently into scum, um, uh, even this podcast gave it a little bit of a bump in episode zero, um, mm-hmm. but I think that there is some like there's a there's a there's a some interesting stuff. Duncan won a store champ with with scum as well, and he thinks that it's like pretty good. Um, well, not like maybe not like top tier, but like there's definitely playable stuff in there that a good player can take with it to victory, right? And so, um, I think there's untapped potential all around, which means that I think that the 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 there will be yet another meta shift in X Wing, right? So like I don't think resistance is going to stay on top. I think people are going to build counter picks that is then going to um, 
create more variance, right? Um, which is good, right? Like I think that 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 the the more the more stuff that that pops up, um, the more fluid the meta becomes, right? And then just what we yeah. want is a, ver a large variety of lists that are viable, right? Yeah, as much as possible, but yeah. I feel like we're kind of in the beefy era of, of the current iteration right now again. So what what is good against beef again? Like, I forgot. What do we do against beef? Outbeef well, the beef? Well, More usually, AC? Usually the answer is, so if you have a lot of beefy stuff, you get an alpha to deal with that, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then what deals with alpha usually is some sort of like ace, ace setup, right? Because <laughs> it's like, if you can't mm -hmm. shoot my stuff then i can just win right but also i so so the thing is like the resistance aces i actually just built an fo version of it um and i've been working on an empire version of ace of like a four four ship aces list right um mm -hmm. the, the thing is there is a lot of damage potential like the first order i first order i have a list that literally is like ton of damage like there's a proton torpedo there's a proton rockets in there they're fairly reliable to get off there's like two really good like three dice guns and in, in additional in addition to that you know as long as you can put out 12 between 12 and 15 dice in one if your whole mm -hmm. list gets to shoot right because 12 dice is basically a threshold to be able to kill an arc right mm -hmm. um usually unless they roll all of all of aids on their on all of their green dice right usually that means that's enough damage that means that you can you can take one off the board in one turn right so um and if you have double mods, that means you can very reliably say, yeah, like that's going to be 12 results, probably, you know? Um, and they always like, they have nine health, right? So it's like, should be enough to get to, to, to take care of them with some variance, right? Um, that's, that's my opinion. So like, if, so if you can build an aces list with basically 12, 12 attack dice that are reliable, 12 to 15 attack dice that can reliably go through, then you have a good chance of actually like doing well. Cause then you just have to make sure that tar, uh, all targets are all all arcs are on target, and you have a good arc, uh, um, a good concave, which you should be able to do if your aces are highly maneuverable, right? So yeah, for sure. Um, I I, I mean aces, thing, I think is yeah. Like, go ahead. I've forgotten quite a little bit, like with seeing Han and the resistance Falcons and Lando and everybody going large base again. Get your big rocks out! It's finally time for them to get them back on board again. To think about where to put your rocks. Like I've flown a. Uh, uh, Quite a lot of resistance falcons in the last one two years, right? And now yeah. Han is like a big shot. The falcons need their lanes to go through the obstacles to be effective, right? And you can hinder those lanes quite a bit with yes. putting the the right obstacles in a way that they are not in, be able to turn around them very well. Like I think yeah. people forgot about that for a while because falcons were not a thing for a long time. But now, um, I think back in the days, like Oliver Pockner talked about that on stream, like. To show how to effectively put uh, obstacles, I have to find that stream again. It was like I think I have an hour talk just talking about obstacle placement, right? Yeah. And we need to learn that stuff back again. Like obstacles matter again. We need to 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 yeah. stop the fightings from turning around. Yes. Well, and also not and... only that, but like so everyone like I think everyone stopped bringing them because it's like oh Han uses the obstacles to his advantage, right? So we don't want to give him big obstacles. Yeah. Who cares? We need to stop him from shooting, not yeah. like trick shock who yeah. cares, one dies more, blah blah blah. In the end, yeah. you the biggest thing you can do against Han or Bow or Ray Falcon is to limit their options of flying. It's mm -hmm. obviously harder with Poe Falcon with this amazing ability, right? But at least for Han and Ray, 
Uh, you can stop quite a lot of the shenanigans if they can't fly the way they want to fly. Yes, or or at least like um, make them predictable, right? Because like like this yes, this Han has to focus basically if he wants to be effective, right? If he wants to double tap, yeah. he needs to focus. If he doesn't double tap, he if he doesn't focus, he doesn't double tap. So if you have to force him to boost, suddenly you're reducing his damage output by half, right? Like yes, it's absolutely. a huge difference, and so. Um, you really want to set up your your object placement in a way that is going to benefit that, and and yeah, and some t and having big rocks is the easiest way to make that happen, right? So mm -hmm. yes, um, big rocks are the way we love them. Also, mm -hmm. remember, like this is like the biggest tip in X Wing two point five ever. So, I mean, the competitive players know it, but for people who, who are not super big into the competitive scene, this is a free win for you. Sure. If you're playing a sword on the satellite array. And your enemy has like more medium and large bases than you. You really, really have to look at the board and look at the obstacle, the objective triangles, right? There's gonna be like quite a lot of triangle systems with objectives. And you need to put a freaking large rock in the center of that triangle because this is limiting the way of medium and large bases to take all three objectives if they fly in the right way. Like I've seen a lot of people lose because um they're well. Trying is available, and the player with the large and medium bases flew into the triangle and got like three, four points each round of an effective player alone. This mm -hmm. is super strong, right? So every time you see like a gauntlet, a ghost, a fike, and whatever, and arcs on the enemy side, look how the objectives are getting placed, and then find the triangles and just put the biggest rock you can inside the triangle so they mm -hmm. can't get all the objectives easily. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would. <laughs> That's definitely a good. Uh, the, the The concept is correct, right? Like, you, if 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 they have ships that can can take center or take the three objectives in one turn, you really want to limit that because it's it's you're giving up. Yeah. You're just giving them three points otherwise, right? I do think that the mm -hmm. that the actual placement of the objective and where it goes is much more nuanced to that because it also depends on which which ship that they're planning on putting in the middle and a bunch of other factors but sure. it i agree with your premise which is that like you know don't just let them get free points like you know use those yes. big rocks to like help you with with your with their pathing and stuff like that because it is obviously better for them to have a, it which is really tough because like it's especially as a early beginner player you it's very tough to like visualize these things, but making their flight paths more predictable and easier to manage is usually more valuable than any sort of like minor uh, tweak you might get out of, you know, placing a rock strategically in this place or, you know, putting the two, two edge, whatever, right? Like really what's more important is, is determining their, their, um, their flight path so that you can kind of like see where they're going right and so you can you yeah. can say okay well what's the optimal choice for them is to do this if they don't do it well they're not doing the optimal choice which means that like i have more flexibility right because i they're they're leaving points on the table or they're leaving options on the table right and if they do the optimal choice well i know that they're going there so now i can do something about it right <sighs> mm-hmm <laughs> this is like a, a fundamental thing in X1, right? What I believe in. Uh, the thing yeah. is, like, all that when stuff, the top level complexity play, leave it to the top players who, who have the brain capacity for that. Like, I'm a small brain player. For me, the important thing is getting the basics right. And every time I get the basics right, I win more than I lose. And this is like the way into the cut and the way into getting some uh, booty, some prizes, some tokens, right? Yes. And I think. 
for a lot of players, like they they skip a bit the basic stuff, the fundamental stuff, and just go straight to the high level. Um, how do we place this objective so I force the enemy to place the objective that way plus stuff? Like I don't mm -hmm. like it too much personally. Like I think this is still valid. Like people who have um the the visual capacity to see like three turns in advance and stuff like that, they can do that for sure. It will help them win. But mm -hmm. what for me helps me wins the most is like getting getting the basics right every time consistently sure so little like little tricks like put that thing in the triangle it's like easy to remember for everybody i think yeah. it's easy to visualize like you can see in the triangle on the table like everybody can see in that and yeah. it's something you can carry on to like each time you play a sort of satellite array and like for my personal mission it's like to always find like little tricks like that right like little things you can always remember and um and carry to you do to each and every game to to make something like a quirk like for example like the the rule of 11 like i don't even follow that too much right like because you have to do math and calculations in your head like mm, don't like it but what you can like always remember is to look at the obstacle placement and remember this obstacle was placed like in range blah 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 of your board edge which means if i'm this position of the obstacle i know the range like you can remember that I, I do think rule of eleven is important that. to remember, though. Actually, and so this is, ah, but this is like with the mat size, every time being different, and the American no, 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 no. That's that's not what I'm. You're not using. Know. You're not using. You're not using rule of eleven to avoid com combat. Mm -hmm. You're using rule of eleven to to confirm round two combat. So, because so here's how, and here's where I, here's where I'm thinking. Right, it's like so. Mm -hmm. There's two points I want to make. The first point is about the specific thing, which is that if you know that it's going to be mm -hmm. 11 bases to get to 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 avoid round two engagement, and you want to engage round two, right? Simply counting the bases, yeah. simply counting the bases that you and your opponent have done will allow you to know that oh, I need to do at minimum of two speed or three speed or once or you know whatever the speed is to make sure that I can shoot that round. Right, mm -hmm. that's important because sometimes what the the concern is is that if you slow, if you go too fast, right, you end up being at like range one when you don't really want to be. Sometimes you want to be at range two and range three, right? Also, sometimes you mm -hmm. want to be at range one. So knowing that, like, okay, like I don't follow the rule of eleven, rule of sixteen, like very very closely, but I do kind of keep the concepts in mind, like in a more general sense. It'll say like, okay, if he move, if he goes fast and I go fast then we're going to definitely close to range one in, in the second turn, right? If he goes slow and I go slow, I need to go fast if I want if I want to engage at range two, right? Because if we both go slow <laughs> again in turn two, then there's a good chance that we don't engage, right? And factoring that into like his decision-making process, like, oh, what is he going to do? He's probably going to go slow, right? So I'm not like counting to 11 or counting to 16, but I generally know like the idea of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like Maybe keeping that's that No, yeah. So that's the first Especially thing. Especially now with the with the with the missile loadouts being more popular, right? Like it's more 100%. important to get a certain range. Hundred percent. Mm -hmm. And then also things like like Fen Fang Fighter, right? Who <laughs> no wants boy. to engage at range one. So if you see him yeah. go fast, you might you you might realize, oh, there's no way for me to avoid his range one. Understanding the rule of eleven, rule of sixteen, right? There's no way for me to avoid mm -hmm. range one if he goes very, very quick, even if I go slow. So I should think about that because, like you know, the 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 trap is to think like, oh, um, I think I can get it to range range two engagement with Fen Rao, right? Um, because you know, 
without without thinking about the rule because oh he might go slow and then I can do it. it's like no he's gonna go quick twice because he he telegraphed it in the first round that he's gonna try to close to range one so you need to go fast too knowing that there's a range one engagement coming and mitigating it for it or you need to like figure out like maybe you put one person in front so that like that ship is blocking him boosting in and then the rest of your ships can try to engage at range two something like that like you can create a strategy around it knowing knowing that that information is coming right um uh, I will say too that one of the things that I'm kind of lamenting as well, maybe this will go on the resource page as well, is like like a lot of these core things that I think we all learned in 1.0 are still to yes. this day not being taught in 2.0, right? Uh, 2.5, mm -hmm. right? Like things like the rule of 11, rule of 16, if they're, they're, they're people refer to it all the time. And for people who are new, like the rule of 11 is uh, 11 bases is the amount of bases that you need to travel in order for you to have a range through engagement or to, to the before you have a range through engagement. So I think it's like 11 is like the, the, the maximum you can go before you have to fight, right? And the rule of 16 mm -hmm. means that you will 100% engage if both of you have moved basically 16 bases c c total. So that's, so each speed is, is the number of bases. So one speed is a one base, two speeds is a two bases, three speed, three is so on. And then you add the base of your ship. Right. So if it's a large, you had two bases, and if it's a small, you had one base. Right. So you count. You just count. Yeah. They did a two speed. You did a two speed. You're both small bases. That's three piece. Six. Easy. Right. That's the rule. Right. And so, like, this is not taught really anymore. Right. And I mean, because like most people know it, so it's not really talked about as much. But for new players mm -hmm. who have no idea. Right, they're just they're just playing at a deficit where they don't know this information. Right, stuff like um, yeah, for sure. Stuff like that. If you do a hard turn, right, it's a it's a forty five degree. It's like sorry, it's a ninety degree turn, and like you know, it's X number of bases away. You know, uh, or things like um, if you're doing a bank turn, if you line up the nub of your sh of your base, like the front nub, with your um, with your peg, you can generally get a sense of where the center of your base will be where you land on your bank turn right like, <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. right there's like stuff like that like visual line of size like the, all these like little tips and tricks and things that like new players have no idea they're like they're just trying to raw dog it putting their base on the table trying to feel like ah oh, visually like i think i can see where it is right not knowing that all of these these things have been done because the really good thing about about x-wing is that it's a mathematically consistent game right and that everything mm -hmm. is done in like base measurements right so you can do a lot of like a lot of mental calculations just by doing that just by knowing this information yeah. right like just casually knowing for it, sure right so let it let's sit on the table don't do it too obviously <laughs> you stare at one spot on the table very intensively like yeah. people will go on a guess where it will be next or not <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but yeah, like I remember back in the days also, like what was great about X-Wing, there was quite a lot of blocks about X-Wings, right? With battle reports and everything and tips yes, like yes. that. Like I think I learned about Wolf 11 and all the basic stuff on the yeah. Swiss block from Green Dragoon, who did yes. like a little flight school and collected like all the tips. I don't know if the block is still active. I have to ask him again, but he did like a uh, little diagrams just to show you like this small base or large space. If you do like a two bank, three bank, where does it land? And what are the visual cues for you to to like remember? 
So you can mm -hmm. see it on the table. Um, for, sure. for the hard turns, it's, it's most of the time very easy because like you can imagine like uh, a base between the starting and end point. But banks are like obviously like like always a bit hard because it's not so neat. But maybe we need to like gather stuff like that again in the new player starting uh, website. Yeah, but stuff like that. It's important, right? Like this is this, like winning or not winning you the this game. This hypothetical website that we're talking about as if it exists, even though it doesn't exist yet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean um, it's a start, right? Like people talking about stuff. That's how ideas are getting real. That's how like uh, Isoplan started last year. Like I think uh, a lot of people who are involved in X-Wing know about the project. Uh, for those who don't know, um, our good friend Isofan, who supported like a lot of X-Wing content creators over the years. Uh, I, I joked with him like last year in a stream about, uh, yeah, Worlds is coming up, the first Worlds after COVID, the big one, everybody wants to join again. But it's a bit hard for some people to financially uh, do that. So I asked him, Iso, can you just buy a plane and, and get us everybody from all over the world to fly to the US? And he was like, wait a minute, let me check. And he actually went to Google and, and, and searching how much it would cost to charter a real airplane to get people to Worlds. <laughs> and he quickly thought out oh, that it's like very expensive. Like even even Isofan doesn't have the cash <laughs> for that. But the idea was planted in his head, and then he asked a couple of our, our friends to, to help him. And then we yeah. started like the project to just support people like with money to buy their tickets for the airplanes, for example, because like from yeah. Europe, from Australia, from Asia, it's super expensive to go to Chicago. Yes. And I think in the last year we we had like over 20, 25 people to get to Worlds, and even the Worlds winner, the champion, Niklas Scott, in the end, was one of the ISO fan alumni, right? Yes, yeah. So, stuff I think, like that, just talking about this, just even joking about it, this is like starting the seed of an idea to get it real. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it was the, the biggest kind of uh, success of, like, it was such a huge success story, right? Like, you know, we, they got yeah. so many people, including judges, to, sh to come to Worlds, and then on top of that, one of the one of the um, one of the uh, isoplane dreamers uh, actually won worlds, right? So it's like yeah, you know, it's like huge, huge success story. Like yeah. like isoplane yeah. deserves the credit as much as he deserves the credit that America didn't win worlds, and I'm so proud of him. <laughs> it, the, the trophy went back to Sweden, like as it should be. Wait, as it should and, be? Come on, um, man! Like. Yeah, That's okay. I, mean, it, I think it's like the the I think the American action players are getting on my nerves a bit again. So we Europeans are, are, are charging up for worlds again. We're getting our superpowers back. <laughs> um, um, no, but uh, this is obviously just a bit of shit talking. So we I, I like to joke about all that. But um, what I what I think is like a project like that, which is like keeping the community alive. Like I enjoyed working with ISO on that so much, and it was so fun to to get all the people all over the world to help. And it mm -hmm. also started like a ripple effect, right? Like I know a couple of other like smaller projects, like more locally, to help get certain players towards who couldn't afford that usually. Mm -hmm. Like it started in the UK, like like uh, it started like in Europe here in Germany, like. There are a couple of people who are very good at X-Wing who, who would enjoy going to Worlds, which just can't support it. And just a couple of friends coming together and like, okay, we have a couple of official prize support and cool stuff and cool cards, cool tokens. What if we do a fundraiser, right? We can sell those stuff and all the profits and all the proceeds we can put into like a flight ticket for our friend. Yeah. I've seen it more and more over the world. Like this was huge what ISO like started and did.
Sure. Like, I mean, so, okay, and, so so does that mean that like there's like a a lot of Europeans that were interested in coming to Worlds uh, in yes, absolutely, like yeah, hundred okay. percent. Like I mean, if we have That's all have free money, like everybody would come, hundred percent. Like one of the biggest success of this year of Xing was Worlds because people who went there, like I think everybody came back with like great stories about the community. Yeah. Again, even Bartlett, right? Like he <laughs> he pretty much revived from, from, from hating X-Wing and not doing anything to being back for a tournament on organizer, playing XTC again, having fun with the people. Like stuff like that. It was not only Bartlett, it was a lot of stories of people who were saying like this was a big party, like people were so cool. Um yeah. like obviously there's always like stuff you can do better as an organizer, like stuff which didn't like went super well, but in the end, the the fun aspect, like the people who are making X-Wing in the, the game, which is, is right, like, was so odd, like, blowing stories about that. And I'm for sure that this time, like, more and more Europeans will come than last year, 100%, because cool. of the awesome stories. Cool. So and I guess it's the other way around again, right? Like, you know, STO, these opens in Manchester, like, most likely the biggest unofficial tournament of X Wing in the world. Uh, because we are talking so much about it last year, it was like a lot of the Americans are coming. Like I know Marcel bought a ticket, uh, Ken Chong bought a ticket like from District Foundry. Uh, we are expecting something like 10 Americans to come over for STO, which is like a tournament in Manchester, right? Who wants to go to Manchester, but still. <laughs> like, actually being at tournaments is one of the best part about competitive X-Wings, like meeting new people, like having a good time, sure. sharing food and drinks. And what I miss a little bit about like um, X-Wing in the last couple of years was like like a real tournament circuit, right? I remember yes. before COVID, like there were quite a bit, quite a lot of large tournaments in Italy and France. So our friends, we just packed everybody into a car and then drove to Italy to mm -hmm. have a high time. The weather was awesome. You got gelato and pizza and pasta everywhere. And it was just like a good time. Like if we can get like stuff like that a bit more strongly again, I think. Uh, it would be like a good thing to to revive the competitive circuit, and yeah. World Cup year was like one cornerstone of that, the starting point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you need to have a goal. Like, you need to have a goal to mm -hmm. like to like start up all this stuff, right? So without without worlds, like I think that a lot of the stuff falls apart because it's like, well, what are we aiming towards, right? Because it's got to all lead somewhere, even if like it's artificial, like you know, it's not really a ma a real thing, like. You know, you know, am I going to win worlds? Probably not. But you know, I want to. I want to dream. I want to try to to make this happen, right? And so, like, everyone kind of needs that that goal, like a shared goal of like what they want to try to achieve, right? Um, I have a question. So, so here here's the part where I want to bail. I want to start some rivalry and, and kind of shit talking within Europe. So you said Germany is like some like really like you know real killers in there, right? Um, and the UK is like no slouch either. Like, who, which community is has the better players? Oh boy, I think uh, what the UK does best is that they have a super big and strong and deep community, right? Like, I think if you look at the bench, the UK most likely have the strongest bench in the end. You would okay. like, uh, pair countries like that, like but not not States. what I asked though. Which community right. is better so though? The better. It's hard to say, like, for example, like, nobody knows about the Spanish community, right? Because they travel not as much as other people, but okay. they have some super freaking strong players, like really, 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 really strong. 
right, right. every time like we, we can get them out of the country like they're starting to win tournaments sure. but he knows because they're, they're only the crown of the world everybody speaks spanish they have spanish streams they do their spanish tournaments so that's not like uh, a lot of of transfer between the community but every time they do come over they are shitting on us so in the end i think right now i would say strongest x-wing country in europe i would say it's most likely france or spain to be honest france or uk spain. close in the second third place okay. and germany i think it's like we, we we're still strong and have good players but we got lost in the dust a little bit because um what is missing Germany right now is like I think like a little bit of a push to to unify our efforts, right? Like in France, the Orléans team is like doing like big stuff to get like a big strong community going. In Spain, you have like the think tank which nobody has like insight into. Oh, you know what I mean, like across X Wing, like we all share the English language, and even like in Germany or France or the UK, like there's a lot of of connections to, to share ideas nobody can mm -hmm. see into spain it's like a black hole and they just sometimes come out and slap everybody wait a second uh, okay wait wait, like... wait wait let me get, see if i understand this correctly right so yeah so spain is a black box is that what you're describing like it's literally no kinda one knows like, what they're doing kinda. yeah it's a bit like that because uh again like uh, even in Germany, if we like share ideas and stuff like that, we refer a lot to the UK, the American communities about the big global English uh, groups, scouts to share ideas. Like in Spain, nobody can look into that. And I know, like for sure, like WTC, right? The real life X Wing team tournament thingy we did in mm -hmm. Belgium last uh, mm -hmm. this year, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Spain uh, got second place by a tiebreaker against France, right? And the UK they sent like five teams like three england teams and Sc no scotland was the winner i think scotland was the winner france was second and spain had a tiebreaker for third okay it was so insane like and this field was stacked like england sent like three super highly rated teams uh france sent like three teams germany sent me which was a mistake <laughs> but in the end the top teams were scotland france and spain and I like my Scottish friends, right? I like them a lot, but I don't think they can repeat it consistently again. The performance this was just like uh, not a oh, fluke, but oh, oh, oh. a very good day. No, not a fluke, absolutely not. They're good players, but I think uh, this week. Wow! Like, so you're saying that they you're saying wide. that uh, Scotland lucked their way into a victory, huh? Ooh. No, not <laughs> maybe a bit of luck, but I think if we oh. repeat it again, like I think Spain and France would do it again to to get high placements. Okay. I mean, they can show us, right? Like, XCC is coming up. And I think the same Scottish team is competing against, so they can show okay. up quite easily with performance. Is but anyone from Spain I coming to the Worlds? The like, there was somebody in the top eight, even. Like, I think there were one or two guys from Spain, and they all did quite well. Like, this okay. is the thing, right? Like, there's so many untapped resources worldwide, right. which we don't see until because they're not coming to Worlds, not coming to the big tournaments, right? Like, Spain has one Worlds qualifier, I think, one single one for mm -hmm. a huge drove of competitive players. I think like for Germany also, like in the US, how many store championships do we have? 100, 200, stuff like that. I think the UK also have like 60 or something. And for Germany, as far as we have it right now, we had like eight store champs, nine maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like there's a bit of like disparity of chances of getting towards in yeah. addition to the big cost yeah. for, for a lot of countries to get over there. 
But I think if we are, we have like an even playing field of like a neutral ground, everybody can, can, everybody can go to Worlds. I think in the end, like Spain and France have like the strongest crowd right now. Okay. With like the US and the UK, obviously, like and Canada, like uh, in the run up positions because the, the bench in those countries are so, so deep. Canada doesn't have a that has a doesn't have a huge bench. I don't know what you're talking about. We don't have that many. Man. Have, yeah, yeah, bench, but you can like steal some Americans or so, right? Like, no, we don't. We don't do that. We don't do that here. Yeah. We don't. We just do pure I mean, Canadians. You have, players, right? you have Brendo, you have Cam. Like you have some star players, obviously for sure. But yeah, yeah I, I rate you highly. You can you can feel a good team. Obviously, we we uh, Ontario has a similar problem to what you're describing with France and Spain. Is that we have a lot of good players. But none of them are. Mm -hmm. tr none of them usually travel. Um, yeah. This season, we've got a lot of invites. Um, so, the 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 word on the street is actually a, a lot of ours are going to try to go to Worlds, which will be interesting. Mm -hmm. Like it'll be like a return to like the 2019 Worlds situation, where you had a big Canadian yeah. contingent. Um, but we'll see. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm super interested. You you say that France and Spain have like really good players. I'd love to see more of that resolution show up as, um, as like, you know, people showing up to Worlds, right? Because I, I think honestly, mm -hmm. like, okay, so, you know, what is one of the what is one of the worries right now, right? Where like the, those two countries that you just described, their numbers are down, right? Um, mm -hmm. What little information I get out of Europe is is saying like, oh, like you know, there's like a lot like Italy's com community is completely like gone. They're all playing Legacy. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if any of this is true, right? Like, we only we I only get what little information is is like someone random shares on like like uh, Reddit or whatever, which is very unreliable information, right? Yeah. Um, but like you know, all the communities are down or whatever. It's like okay, well, it, it, you're saying that they have really good players and stuff like that, and they're they're dominating the scene. And so like, there's like a lot of interesting stuff that I'm like really interested in knowing about because like if those players are good, right? then you know there's you know you if we get a, a player from france or or spain winning worlds right I, i'm sure mm -hmm. that will ignite a whole bunch of competitive play too right 100 percent, right like for example like last year in xcc i think uh sweden didn't even make a team because like interest was down but bam niklas scott wins the tournament a big one the world championship yes and now they're filling a team again you know what i mean yeah. like stuff like that can, can yeah, yeah, revive yeah. a community for sure yeah. And that's is... why I also like like showing off Spain and France right now, right? Like mm -hmm. they've doing a lot of consistent, very good X-wing work for years now. But mm -hmm. especially like on the bigger, more popular American podcasts, nobody talks about them because nobody knows. Like not okay. even me knows them. Like I know France now because like I'm sneak into uh, the community a little bit with with some um, some critical some good friendships i, I chose <laughs> so i know more sure. about them now but spain like oh man this is like so hard to connect with them like they're good people 100 percent. but the the language barrier is like a bit too hard to sometimes look into them sure i but think all, all I see is just like when they come when they come internationally they are slapping 100 percent weren't, weren't there some french players that came uh last year to worlds or was i just or am yeah. i just like there were two French players in the top two French players. thingy. Like, yeah, yeah. Because mm -hmm. I remember playing one, I think. Um yeah. And that was a very insane game. And I super liked his list. So, um, uh, yeah. More international players, I think, would be would be dope. Would be very dope. 
Um, All people who are listening to this podcast right now, if you play against Raythea in real life, you have to remember uh, your sense of humor is like super, super dry. Like I know a couple of people who have played against you told me like, oh, he was like so ice cold and then didn't show emotion at all and everything. You have to remember this is like just, just you know, your, 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 your Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Back up, back up, back up. They said that yeah. I was ice cold and yes. like super. Really? Wait a second. Yeah, I'm like, so, I'm so interested it. in this. I, I kind of saw that a bit when we met for the first time it was, right? Like, like in the beginning I was like, oh, you are like very dry, but you have like a super great try sense of humor, which I enjoyed quite a lot. Um, and this is like, I think you as a person, but I think just over the table in like 90 minutes, like a couple of people maybe had like a bit of a cooler impression than you actually are. So wait, people wait, wait, who are listening wait. now. Wait, wait. So, so people are, are you saying like people are like intimidated? Like what's going on? I'm not sure intimidated, but like, for example, if people play me usually, and if I like them, of course. Yes. Like, there's a lot of talking and talking around and flirting, you know, like, how I'm yeah, in. yeah. Um, I think it's less with you, like, from what I've heard. Okay. All <laughs> so right. There are a couple of my friends who are like, oh, Raythi was just so ice cold and destroyed me. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think maybe I'm just focusing on the game. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe like, it's the right choice to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and, I mean, Worlds is like the worst. The Worlds is the worst place for me to like be a social person during the game. So I'm like, I'm like deep in the, I'm like deep in the matrix, right? Like, like ah, uh, this like, these are the potential move options and percentage chance I think he's gonna do this and like where are my like three turns? Like, I maybe I'm just like forgetting to engage as a person because I'm so focused on the board state. But um, I guess that's a lot of people like that. Yeah. Right, I still think but, it's, but I think it's it's actually super interesting that like people actually thought it was like cold to them as if like they took it as in like I didn't like them as a person because I was like so focused <laughs> on the game, right? Um, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like it's always difficult for one person to to judge how the, the other that perceives you, right? Sure, it's, it's uh, sure. always a bit hard. Like I'm sure. a loud person, I talk a lot, and I, I know for sure that a lot of people don't enjoy that on the table because they want to focus on the game. Like I got a couple of people already like, like being very honest, especially in Europe here, telling me like, "Can we talk after the game, please? I need to focus on the game now. <laughs> Shut up, I'm <laughs> Which I have no problems with, right? Like if I talk yeah. too much during a game, just tell me. I'm, I'm I think that's that. fair. Like, I know how to speak at all. It's yeah. super fair. Like, um, but yeah. I also remember it was like I, I played one of my best game, X-Wing games ever in one of the rounds. And after that, I lost the the game right after that and was out of, of the cut. Like mm -hmm. I was like, come on, really? I did like a super great performance. And the game after that, I was just like <laughs> yeah. doing everything around. But that's yeah, the thing about Worlds, right? Like that's the thing about Worlds is some, mm -hmm. like you, every game has to like, in order for you to do well, every game has to be like yeah. top tier performance. Yeah. And like you, there, like I had the same thing where there are some games that are like huge, like no, I think every game that I won and every game that I lost was like the differential was like one to two points. Like it was always mm -hmm. really close or like a, a couple of dice rolls swing either way and the game completely sh shifts in a different, different direction. Right. And so um, mm -hmm. it's just so hard to just maintain just like the, the, the 3% edge you need to like win every single game because competition at that level is so high. And I don't know if I felt this way. 
I didn't feel this way in 2019 Worlds, right? Like, in 2019 Worlds, I never felt the games were really close. I, I felt there were always, like, big blowouts, right? Um, mm-hmm. And we were thinking pretty far back now. That's, like, that's like four years, right? But, like, um, 2019 Worlds, I always felt the games were never close. Like, the outcomes were, like, like you know, the matchups might be close, but the actual games, when you started to play them, mm-hmm. like, they ended up blowing out in one direction really quickly. But, like, last year's Worlds, like, I really felt, like... Every game, like, was winnable or losable with a couple of key decisions, right? Or, like, you know, if the dice had rolled a specific different mm-hmm. way. And so, like, you know, everyone's decision-making is super on point, And, like, we're at a very high level working at, like, the best sort of thing. And then when that happens, you get really, really narrow margins for victory, right? And that makes every game a nail-biter, which was, like, for me, like, incredibly fun, right? Like, I always felt like, man, that was a crazy game. Like, win or lose, mm-hmm. right? Um, now... I'm biased because obviously, like, I also was winning yeah. a lot of my games, so that probably made me feel happier, right? But Steven still, like, I mean, I, I try to, yeah. and I kind of, like, advise this for everybody, although I know that most people aren't going to do it. Um, uh-oh. You there? Still there? Yeah, my internet is, like, working hot right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good channel internet. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was I, I advise this for everybody. I don't know. I'm if... here. I'm back. Hello. Hey, good. You're still here. Great. Um, okay. Hopefully the internet s- stays stable for a little while longer. Yeah, I'm back maybe now. we'll oh. maybe we'll wrap up yeah. soon. But like, um, I do want to make this one point where I I think that the vast majority of people, um, need to. In order to have the best play experience, in my opinion, like you want to focus on not the outcome of the game, but the decisions in the game itself. So, um, I mean, do you feel do you feel that like having a more results oriented um, outlook for playing the game is better, or like more my opinion, which is that you should kind of make it so that when you play the game. You're more focusing on the the deci- the individual decisions, like and to get your enjoyment. Like, did I make the right call here? What was like the thing that I did? Because I feel like the micro decisions are a lot more interesting from like evaluation than the other way around. What do you think? So, if you want to like play at a high level competitively and getting better, then your point of view is like the thing to do, right? Like, yeah. results in the end, it's still a dice game. It's still like um sometimes just like just the decisions can can break or make the game but uh if you want to get better focus on those micro decisions right like um what could have been if you have done it differently and this is also why uh tts is a great tool actually for s players because you can actually record your games like i think a lot of the high level players do that already like i know Oliver, for example for sure does that with a couple of his games if you're able to review a game, even your losses, especially your losses, to see, um, to understand what you decided in that moment, to understand what opponent decided in that moment, that can help you quite, quite a lot to getting better in X-Wing in the end. And that was also like one of the parts why I did a lot of commentary during the COVID times, like actually watching games, talking with somebody who was also like into X-Wing about the games um thinking about like two players on the board we can just observe them right what are they gonna do? what are they gonna do in the next round what are the the options uh, win conditions 
that was like a great, great, great help of making my own play better. Um, so if any of the listener is like interested in TTS play, is playing TTS, like just go out there, join like fun leagues like the NCX League, for example, is, uh, one of the biggest one in X-Wing right now, uh, made by the by Greg from Nickel City X-Wing. Um, join your local communities. I know like the German community has like on this French one on Discord where everybody's looking for games. You have GSP, obviously, always a good place to looking for games. Play your games, record your games, and if you have the time on the weekend, like just get like a nice drink, a nice juice, some snacks, put the game on your screen and just go over the game again. Like see what went right, what went wrong, and try to understand what your opponent did. That's like your way of 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 getting into the metrics, like you said before, right? The mm -hmm. The point of view on the board where you can see everything and just do the right decisions every time. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess uh, I guess we should wrap up a little bit uh, soon. Um, I I'm worried about your internet. I feel like it's going to go at any time. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's uh, it was pretty, so hot right now. It was pretty stable the whole for the majority of time. I guess, um, well, yeah. before we, before we, I have a couple more questions, but before we would do that, like, is there anything you want to like shout out or you want anything you want to like people to know about before we go into the final, final stage of the podcast? Oh, sure. Like a couple of things, like for sure, the secret resistance server on Discord. Like if you're doing well with the resistance list, you may hear about us. <laughs> also, number two, just a fun little story, just two minutes of your time. Uh, before COVID at the German Nationals, I was so close of getting the invite to Worlds, but then um, after the top four game, which I won, I got disqualified because there was like, uh, I submitted at sign up uh, on accident a list which had like one or two upgrades, I think, like different than what I played all the time. And when the TOs and judges found out, um, they found out like during the day already, but it was like a big German tournament, right? 100 people, like everybody like running around, calling for judges and everything. And there was a little miscommunication. Like I played a couple of games with the upgrade pads on the list, which are all legal. And they told me like, no, you have to change back to what you submitted as a list <laughs> in the morning. Uh, but it was just like on and, uh, not super clear to me. And I understood that. Uh, no, you have to change the list you're bringing with you to show your opponents, to, to show them that what you have on the board is the right one. So I did that. And in the end, the, uh, when I won my top four game and was like getting ready to the finals, I was like, no, we told you to do the other thing. We can't do, let you play the game anymore, right? And I was like, really? And the German judges are like, really? <laughs> so right before the finals, I got disqualified. And my opponent got to be in the finals. And that was like a weekend where I was in the match. I was having such a good run. Uh, feeling very well, and that's us how Germany stopped me from going to Worlds before COVID and from winning Worlds. Just wanted to shout out that. Really? Okay. That, I'm All right. Still angry at Germany. Still angry at Germany. That's why every time I play for Germany, I play very bad. <laughs> right, right. Because of the list uh, snafu. Okay, wait, wait. What was the what was the right? um, what was the upgrade that you uh, that you that you took that you weren't supposed to? So. Back in the days, uh, X-Wing 2.0, I believe it was. I was playing Resistance. I had uh, Lulu on board. And I think what I flew was like the heroic advanced optics normal stuff, which everybody did. But during one of my like playtesting versions I with, I think, Predator and some other stuff, 
on Lulu, and I on accident submitted the 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 older testing version instead of the normal one, which everybody did. Right. And but maybe like at the moment I was like, okay, if the judges say so, like whatever, like I don't care too much. But right a couple of months later at Worlds, I think Simeon mm -hmm. was it Simeon or was somebody else? Um playing uh, acting at that Worlds, did like similar snafu, right? With like uh, having like a little bit of different stuff on their list than they actually flew because they switched around the upgrade in testing and then on submission. And the world judges were like, nah, no problem. Like you fly a legal list. This was just like a little list snafu. We just changed the printed list. No worries about that. Right. And was like, wow, when they do that at Worlds, why can't we do that in Germany? Because Germans love rules. You can't break I rules was, in Germany. I was about to That's say, right. it's like, the Germans are, are well known for their love of rules and following the rules. So yeah, it's, but, I guess it's not yeah, that I was surprising. A bit sad, but in the end, like it stopped me from winning worlds. I think it's a better thing for X-wing in Hall. If I don't, if I'm not an X-wing champion, you know. Wait, 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 wait! I don't agree with that at all. I think it would be really funny if you were X-wing champion. I think it would be great. It would be funny, like for us maybe, but you know how. I, how I am, right? Like, if I'm a champion, I talk a lot, quite a lot. I'm not sure if people will like that. <laughs> they have to listen to me. All right. Wow. So enough of the shout outs. Back to you, Mr. Oh, okay. Podcast. All right. So, so I guess my final question for you is, um, mm -hmm. we talked a lot about European stuff and we talked about the meta um, a little bit. We talked about like you, like, so why do you play x-wing though so like you know what is what is about the game that really like makes you excited about it don't say the community okay, so several parts right yeah. don't say the community because Obviously, we know that already yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure several parts like the first part is transform back i don't know how many years i play now like six years longer way before COVID, first edition transform into a young fun rock who's just watching youtube and and having a good time. And then I went onto one of these board game channels and somebody was like doing a demo of X-Wing. And I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Like when I was a kid, mm -hmm. I was reading the extended universe Star Wars books, which mm -hmm. are 99% terrible, like super terrible. Yep. But as a 13 year old, amazing, right? Like <laughs> Luke Skywalker, New Jedi Academy, getting mm -hmm. sexy time with Mara Jade, all that mm -hmm. stuff, Thrawn, mm -hmm. amazing. And so I love Star Wars so, so much. Watch all the prequels in the cinemas, being amazing. Love them. And then I saw like the YouTube video of somebody playing X-Wing on a real table with the X-Wing models and the TIE Fighters and the Falcon. And I was like, fuck yeah, I want that. I really want that. So I put on Google research how to get into the game. Uh, bought my first core box and a couple of ships. And luckily, back in the days, the German community, like Germany in general still, works a lot with forums, right? Nowadays, mm -hmm. most of the world have moved on to like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Germany for the longest time and still for a lot of hobbies works with dedicated forums where you have to sign up and then talk with people with the same hobby. Mm -hmm. And XP had something like that, joined the community, found out there was local people close to me, uh, joined the game night, got destroyed and was hooked up immediately because it was so fun. Like, mm -hmm. I think my very first tournament, uh, I won my very first game, was so proud of myself and thought, oh, maybe I have a shot of some prizes, right? Nope, got destroyed in the four games after that, got <laughs> second to last. But the actually being on the table, talking with other and Star Wars nerds, and, and the models were amazing, like, so much fun that I stayed and then got better and got involved in more and more stuff. Like, 
just being like a big X-Wing fan and being a bit on the nerdy side, like I think it was like the obvious target and victim for the game when I saw it on YouTube. So yeah, we have yeah. to thank YouTube for that. Yeah. And why I'm staying is like, besides the obvious community, it's just like um it tickets the part of my brain a little bit where where which is not getting used to in my real life. You know what I mean? Like thinking about like maneuvers, about dice odds, about list building, meta stuff, like yeah. Uh, I think it's the competitive side of me. Like in the end, I'm a competitive X-wing player. I do my content creation. I support the community. I do my stuff. But in the end, I want to be a competitive player who wins stuff, right? And yeah, this is like my outlet. Like yeah. people who know me in real life, they they mostly say I'm not a super big competitive person because I reserve it all for X-wing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I I do think that yeah. like there so. It's really funny because, you know, there's an argument made about like how like, oh, there's all these casual people who play this game and, you know, it's not like 90% of like the larger population of X-Wing isn't really that competitive. And even within competitive, there's a lot of people who play very casually. But I think fundamentally at the core of this game, I think if you like playing this game, you are a little bit competitive by nature. I think that the idea of dogfighting in, in itself inherently has some sort of those core competitive aspects to it right where it's it's like you know um i want to defeat my opponent i want to outfly them you know like these are just kind mm -hmm. of like inherently like competitive natured like uh essences or feelings or, or or you know that kind of like motivations and so i do think that like you know anyone who does play this game in some aspect has that competitive nature built into them and like it just it makes sense to me that this is a competitive game. Like I know a lot of people want to do like cooperative play, and like obviously things like Heroes of the Target Cluster is like very very popular and good. Um, but I think mm -hmm. ultimately, like the the game at its core is has a very competitive core element to it, which like translates obviously into tournaments and whatnot, right? But I think to deny yeah. that is like is maybe a little short-sighted right or just say that this is not mm -hmm. like the thing that like the the main thing about the game there's not this sort of like competitive element to it i mean you might not like you mm -hmm. might may not necessarily comp like competing in a tournament but the idea of playing against an opponent i think is part of the reason why the game is so good right yeah um, yeah the one versus one aspect right which like very mm -hmm. closely remember about chess for example yeah the for way sure. that you kind of try to outsmart uh, your opponent with your moves. So yeah. Yeah. This is like triggering I think a lot of people like you know, right? Like <laughs> the sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What brought you into X Wing? When when um, did you start it? Well I started like right around the Force Awakens um coming out. So I I started it like basically basically I was getting super hyped with the movie and I wanted um I wanted a miniature, like I wanted a figure of the X, the new X-Wing, the T-70 X-Wing. And uh, I found the starter kit, which had like the, the small X-Wing. And for me, that was like, oh my God, this is like the best, most accurate ah. model. And it's like tiny, which is even better, right? So I went and bought the starter kits, which were on sale at the time. And then, you know, I researched the game after yeah. that. And I'm like, oh, this game actually looks really good. This is very, this is very bad news for me because I knew that this was going to hook me before I even started playing. Um, I'm a big fan of yeah. elegant game systems, right? And X-Wing is one of the most elegant game systems that I've 
ever seen, right? With the the dial stuff and the maneuver stuff and like you know the balance of like pred like predicting your opponent's play plus the plus the the game mechanics themselves, like all of these things like work together very seamlessly, right? And so I knew that I was going to get it. I knew that once I started playing, it was going to be bad news for me. And I was right. It's bad news. I now have a podcast on this this game, which is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, you know what? I think we can. I think we can call it here. Um, I would love to actually keep talking more, but like you've been kind of like uh, weaving in and out, and so I'm worried that we're going to lose the internet. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on. I. As always, love having a conversation with you. You're one of the most fun people to talk to in this in this game, and just in just in general as a person. So I'm very happy that we could have this talk. Um, uh, that's it. Uh, any any last words? Because then I'm just gonna kind of like uh, outro us. Oh, no last words here because I have so many more words okay. to speak in, in my X-Wing life. So thank you very much for having me and All everybody right. who took the time to listen to that. Thank you, Dankeschön from Germany. See yes. you soon. Thank you. So as you know, uh, uh, um, uh, podcasts are released every week on Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are a Patreon member, you can get early access to the video version of this podcast. Uh, at patreon.com slash rathos. You can give a dollar a month and get access or however much you want, as we said earlier in the podcast. Just whatever you want to do is fine. Uh, I This is not really meant to make money, so, you know, it's more of a, uh, a thing for people to show appreciation if they want to. Um, but at, uh, as always, I'm Rathos. This is the Off Meta Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.